Welcome to Elita's Toolkit. I'm really glad that you could join me today. This is Marcus Claxton, and we're finally here in episode two. Now, leadership, it's not a destination. I don't believe you can complete a course, pass an exam, read a book or two, and then bang, now you're a leader. Leadership requires a constant process of growth and adaptation, of learning new skills, refining already known ones, and sometimes even unlearning some things along the way. It's a journey of developing character and wisdom and of equipping yourself with a whole range of tools. And this podcast, it's designed to be a resource to help you on that journey. Now, if you haven't already listened to the introductory episode, episode zero, then I'd encourage you at some stage, jump back and and spend some time and just listen through that. It gives the framework and sets the scene of what I'm trying to achieve with each episode of this podcast. Great. Now, look, before we keep going, I'd like to take this opportunity to give a really big shout out to Wes Selwood at Selwood Media and Design, who created the artwork for this podcast. He was able to take the concept that I had in my brain and uh, create something that exactly matched what I was after. So for all your design and publishing needs, reach out to them. These guys are awesome. You can find them on Facebook or their website is www.selwood.me, where your vision is their mission. Now, look, one of my really big frustrations was uh, that this episode was meant to come out two weeks after episode one, but then uh, COVID-19 happened. And I don't know about you, but it's uh, thrown things uh, all over the place. So much has changed in such an incredibly short space of time. I mean, can you imagine if somebody had walked up to you early January this year and they'd said, this is what April is going to look like, not just in your local neighborhood, but around the world. The whole world is going to basically be turned uh, upside down. I I think all of us would have just shaken our heads and gone, you know, you've got to be joking. But here we are. Um, We're in an incredibly challenging time for... uh, um, for humans uh, and our world, but we're also in a time of amazing opportunities. My hope is that the world will be able to go through a process of, uh, I guess, just review and, and figuring out things. I think that there are opportunities everywhere, and look, we're going to get through this. One way or another, we will get through this. Um, it will end at some stage, who knows when, but uh, I guess now more than ever, We need people to be standing strong and providing good and strong leadership. So in episode one, we looked at failing forward. Uh, I hope hope you've had a bit of a chance to uh, think about what we discussed in that. Uh, And in that episode, we recognize that we all fail and that those who achieve constant success have really learned how to use failure as a resource rather than a roadblock. Now, since then, I I read this great quote, failure doesn't have to be destructive, rather, it can be instructive. And that's so true. And I guess that's the crux of what I was trying to get at in that particular episode. My hope is that after after listening to uh, what we talked about in episode one, that you actually went away and you said, right, I'm going to actually make some change. I'm going to do some things a bit differently than I have before. Did you do that? I hope you did. Um... But more importantly, did you take the time to actually discuss what it was that you were going to uh, try to do with the group of people that I suggested, that accountability group? Again, my hope is that you did. All right, so enough of that. Let's get into episode two. 
Some of you may have heard of a man named Peter Daniels. Now, Peter Daniels is someone who um, I have absolute great respect for, and and his teaching and, and his uh, material has really had an incredible impact on my life and certainly the way that I conduct myself uh, as a leader. Peter Daniels is an Australian uh, entrepreneur, uh, an author of quite a few books, a very successful businessman, and an incredible public speaker. I had the privilege to hear him speak in a number of contexts over a number of years, and it was quite some time ago. I think the first time I heard him speak was at Sydney University at a a lecture uh, that he gave there, and that would have been sometime in the early 90s uh, when I was doing my undergraduate engineering degree. I also heard him speak at a uh, Sunday morning service at at my church. Um, He spoke also at a business breakfast I went to, um, but I guess the, the the time I saw him that was the most influential on me was a business and entrepreneurs seminar that I, I attended uh, with him for two days. It was just absolutely phenomenal and most amazing two days. One of the things that I really noticed about um, Peter Daniels, that whenever he spoke, he would always finish with some form of, of question and answer time, which was really great because the the uh, subjects that he spoke on and the material that he presented was so packed full of gold that it really was uh, a a good thing to be able to discuss some of those things further with him um, once he was finished. Now, sometimes uh, people would ask questions and you could tell that uh, they they were the sorts of questions that um, they were really trying to learn more and, and understand more about what he was talking about. And for these questions, Peter Daniels would take time and he would respond and he would go into greater depth. But then there were these other questions. And I guess... When, when you think about it, they were the sorts of questions where you could tell the person asking the question, they were really looking for some kind of quick fix for whatever, whatever it was they were trying to get to. They were looking for some kind of ticker box list. If I do a X, Y, and Z, if I you know do this tick, do this tick, do this tick, then I'll get this result and it'll work every time. But often what they were actually asking, it really wasn't that possible to be able to provide that kind of list. And there was no real quick fix. One of those questions, um, I still remember it, it was just, it was quite incredible. Um, This person, they stood up and they said, okay, uh, Peter Daniels, um, what I want to know is, how do I how do I go about getting a raise at work? How do I go about getting a promotion? How can I how can I approach my boss? What do I need to do to make sure that when I when I do that that I get greater opportunities in my workplace? And when Peter Daniels got these sorts of questions, you could tell just by the way he you know he carried himself. You could tell he he was you know inside he was just shaking his head. He was going, oh, this this question again, and he would answer these questions in the same way. And this is how he answered that question. So what, what it was, it was, how do I go about getting a raise? How do I go about, you know, earning a promotion or, or getting, you know, getting ahead at work? And he simply said, be worth more than you are paid. And then he moved on to the next person. And you, you could tell, you could hear the audience, they were, they were soaking in that response. Because when you think about it, it's just the best response to a question like that. Be worth more than you are paid. If you are worth more to the organisation than that, than they are actually paying you and you continue to focus on contributing greater and greater value to your organisation, then 
when you go to them and say, hey, I need a raise or, you know, I need a promotion or something like that, then the, the organization, they will want to be keeping you because you are providing such incredible value to that organization. So that sort of answer that he gave, I, I loved it. I thought it was just fantastic. And um, it was almost that the answer that he gave was a really big challenge, that it was, hey, you know, this is the this is the quick fix. This is the way to get what you want every single time. But it also, because it was such a big challenge, you recognize that it actually takes quite a lot of effort, pain, commitment, determination, and great deal of hard work as well. So what does this mean? Be worth more than you are paid. And look, I, I think this is the sort of principle that can be extended across not just in paid employment, but also when you think about uh, not-for-profit organisations or volunteer-based organisations or even sporting teams as well, where or amateur sporting teams, where you're not actually getting a financial remuneration. So you could extend this to say, be worth more than the accolades that you receive or be worth more than the acknowledgement that you receive for the good work that you you are doing. Um, for tradies or, or self-employed people, it's the sort of thing that you want to be worth more than um, the contract that you are that you are working under or you want to be worth more than, you know, so if you've put together a plan for someone and you say, you know, this is how much it's going to cost you, you don't just work to that. But you go over and above to, to provide them so great value that uh, they can't help but then rave about you to the next person and, and spread the word that you have done such an incredibly good job. Ultimately, when you think about it, it comes down to putting the focus more on you and the value that you are delivering than what you are receiving at the end of the day. So I, I don't know about you, but... I work, I've worked over the years with so many people and they are so focused on how much they are getting paid um, for their employment or they're, they're so focused on the rights that they have based on the contract that they've signed. You know, this company, they're only paying me, I, I start at eight and I finish at four and they turn up bang on eight o'clock every day and they leave bang on four o'clock every day. Even if there's work still to be done, you, you know those sorts of people. You know, I, I guess that just messes with my head. I, I you know, I, I don't want to work incredibly long hours. Nobody does. But I also want to make sure that I'm constantly putting in the effort, the extra effort. And uh, this, this idea of being worth more than you're paid, since I heard it, it's something that I have tried to live out and outwork. And uh, as has my wife as well, it's kind of become a bit of a family mantra for us. And um, it's the sort of thing that we, we, often, we often actually talk to our, our daughters about, uh, you know, this concept of being worth more than you're paid and, and, you know, encouraging them to go at whatever they're doing with that same kind of mindset. I heard a podcast, oh, uh, it was sometime last year or could be the year before. And um, in that podcast, they were talking about this concept of giving value before you ask for value. And this is the same kind of concept of being worth more than you're paid. You're actually giving giving away value before you're actually asking for value. So 
you, you may have heard of people who, uh, they, you know, they're, they're looking for a job and, and uh, they can't find anything. And so what they do is they go to some organisations that they would like to work for and they say, hey, I'll come and work for you for three months for, for free. I'll do it for absolutely nothing and, um, you know, because I just want to get some experience. And, and those people end up then with paid full-time employment because they have given value and they've not just gone there and turned up and, and done a, an average day's work, but they've really demonstrated how much value that they can provide to whatever organization it is. Now, th- there is really, for me, this concept, there is such simplicity in it. And yet, from my experience, it's not an attitude that is really that widespread. You know, there are a lot of people that work hard, but when you're thinking about actually being worth more than you are paid... It goes, it goes over and above beyond just simply working hard and, and trying to do a good job. The principle behind it, I think, is fairly clear. Um, but putting it into practice, actually living it, is really another thing. Uh, it, it really takes a lot of effort and a lot of commitment and actually, you know, a, a determination as well. Um, you know, being worth more than you paid, it leaves very little room for things like, oh, yeah, but what's in it for me? or that's not my job, or they're just not paying me enough to do that. You, you've all heard people say that. Look, you may have, you may have done that yourself as well. But um, this whole, whole idea of being worth more than you are paid really doesn't leave room for those sorts of things. It's all about value. What value do you bring to the table when you show up for the task at hand? How do you contribute personally? How do you contribute to the organizational culture? Do you understand what the organization is trying to do? Not just your job, but can you see how your position fits within the greater organization as well? And take that to a volunteer organization. Um, Can you understand how your performance or doing your part helps all of the other people do their part as well? So what this statement really means to me, to live with a a deliberate and determined attitude that goes above and beyond in everything that I do. It means always looking for ways to help out, gaps that need filling, extra value that I can add to the job that I'm doing, going the second mile, working that little bit extra to ensure that the job gets done and it gets done really well. Here's some quotes for you that I think are really pertinent to this kind of concept. Um, The first one is from Peter Daniels out of his book, How to Reach Your Life Goals. And he says, your life is valuable and the use to which you put it increases its value. We've got one life, one life only. We've got gifts, talents, abilities. Every single one of us have that. And the effort we put into using these things really indicates the value that we place on our own lives. If we see ourselves, our life as a valuable thing, and it really is, we've only got one. Remember, we've only got one life. So let's use it to the best we possibly can. The next quote is uh, uh, from Henry David Thoreau, an American essayist. I know of no more encouraging fact than the unquestionable ability of a man to elevate his life by conscious endeavor. The greatest reward that I can ever imagine, I think, is knowing that I have given Whatever I'm doing, everything I possibly can. When I used to play football, um, when I came off the field, win or lose, if I knew that I had played as hard as I possibly could, that I'd left nothing, nothing, uh, nothing out, I'd, I had gone and I had spent every, 
every ounce of my effort and ability and tried to do as best as I could, then I was happy. I knew that I'd played well and um, hopefully as a result, the team had played well also. And we take that into our workplace, into our volunteer um, efforts and, and things like that. But we, our greatest reward needs to be that we know that we've given everything that we can. We, we've gone all in. Here's, here's one from Stephen Covey's uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Taking initiative does not mean being pushy, obnoxious, or aggressive. It does mean recognizing our responsibility to make things happen. And uh, being worth more than you paid means that you are someone who you don't wait for things to happen. You don't sit back and you wait for other people to do certain things. You go out there and you make things happen. If there's a roadblock, then you, you find one way or another to get through that roadblock. You don't just sit there and wait for somebody else to do it or for somebody else to, to finish their job so that you can continue on. Mary Lou Retton, an Olympic gymnast champion, she said, working hard becomes a habit. A serious kind of fun. You get self-satisfaction from pushing yourself to the limit, knowing that all the effort is going to pay off. When I've give, given everything, as I said earlier, to any endeavor, then I know I've, I've done well. I get that satisfaction. So the value proposition, taking this kind of attitude into everything that you do, it takes the individual beyond the bounds of their job description. It's when you really start to to think about how you add value to the organization as a whole, as I said earlier. Now, this could, could contribute uh, or equate to contributing to the organizational culture. That's something that I think it's very important for any of us to know and understand and, and to really get behind. And in everything that we do, we try and make sure that it is, it is helping that organizational culture to flourish. We think beyond the work that needs to be done. We think about mentoring junior staff or other staff, being willing to share our knowledge and to pitch in and help out where others are overloaded. And when we do this sort of thing as an individual, the value that we get is that it kicks open the doors of opportunity. It adds weight to the questions of promotion and pay rises. You know those people that you see who, who are constantly getting headhunted by one organization or another, it's because they are living with this kind of attitude. They're being worth more than they are paid. And the thing about being worth more than you're paid is that if the organization that you're working for doesn't really see how valuable you are, another organization is most likely to, to see that and they'll come looking for you. The value that it provides to the relationships around you is that, look, this sort of attitude is infectious. If you start to put in as much value as you possibly can and you're more concerned about how much you can contribute to the organization, then the people around you, the team members around you, they, their workloads are going to be a little bit lighter and so they're, they're going to be more likely to jump on this as well and try and increase and add value where they can also. Uh, you're naturally going to help those around you to rise. Now, from an organizational perspective, the value is just completely, it's obvious, really. And uh, whenever I'm looking to hire people for positions, I'm looking for this sort of person. I'm looking for people who have this kind of character trait over any kind of competence. You know, if, if I can see that they are the sort of person who will, who will think and act and uh, perform their, their job and abilities being worth more than they are paid, then they are going to get the, the job over someone who is possibly a bit more qualified. 
Character, for me, always wins over competence. I can teach competence, but uh, character is something that is very hard to change outwardly. And whenever, when everyone in the organization is trying to outdo each other on how much value that they can bring, well, that just benefits the organization. You are going to see increased productivity. You're going to see, um, you know, a greater sense of um, staff fulfillment and staff well-being and so on. So how do we do this? Um, look, there's a whole range of ways of, of, uh, of being or think or taking the attitude of work being worth more than you're paid. But I've got a few that I've jotted down and we'll go through these fairly quickly. But really, it starts with an attitude. It really just starts with that desire to say, I am going to be worth more than I am paid in all things. The first one is uh, it, it's something where you look for opportunities to fill gaps. I said this earlier, but um, just explaining that a little bit more, you're always on the lookout. If, if there is a gap that, you know, some something needs to be done and no one is actually taking responsibility for it, then rather than pointing out, hey, look, there's a gap over there, you just jump in and get whatever it is done that needs to be done. And afterwards, we, we then figure out whose responsibility it should be going forward. Another part of being worth more than you are paid is continually learning, adding skills that you can bring to the table. When you continue to learn, you are continuing to increase your capacity to bring value to the organization. You're continuing to add new skills, new uh, abilities, new, uh, um, you know, uh, new things that you are good at and, and that you can complete, new competencies. That's the word I was looking for. And... Uh, it's all about continually learning. One of the podcast episodes coming, uh, I'm going to be talking about continuous lifelong learning. And that is something that I think uh, in our day and age, we've just got to all be a part of that. Being worth more than you're paid is 100% effort all the time. You know, we're putting, we're going all in. It's like that poker phrase, I'm all in and I'm all in to win at, you know, and, and do whatever it needs to be done to make sure that, that we succeed. Being worth more than you paid, you really need to think about developing your EQ, your emotional quotient. Being able to understand and how to relate and interact with people really, really well, that's something that is more and more important as, as society grows and, and continues. It's very much in this age of big data and, and uh, data analytics and automation and so on, people interactions are so important. So being able to interact and communicate and collaborate that's something that you'll need to focus on. Being worth more than you paid means that you are able to embrace the ish. So embracing the ish, sometimes uh, a, um, you know, the management of an organization or the strategists, they'll come out with an idea, but they won't actually have specific steps. They won't have to have, you know, a whole set of steps. One, two, three, this is what we need to do. They'll just have this concept, this idea of where we are trying to head. Being able to embrace that, grab hold of it and run with it and make whatever it is uh, happen that, uh, you know, the people in charge are wanting to happen. Resourcefulness is an absolutely incredible part of being worth more than you are paid. So again, it, it speaks to not waiting for things to be done or not waiting for things to come to you. But if you need something, going out of your way to be able to find whatever tool, whatever thing that is that you need to complete the job. Being worth more than you're paid is that whatever it takes attitude. And I've got to say with a caveat, 
within reason. We're not we're not uh, wanting to be so, the the people that uh, become doormats or, or get walked over or used and abused and so on. Our whatever it takes um, attitude is, you know, looking after ourselves. We don't want to burn out. We don't want to just uh, you know work incredibly long hours every every day and and not uh, get any reward for it. But it's that whatever it takes that if a job needs to be done and it's not really part of what you should be doing or normally um, would be doing but you do have the capacity to do it then you put your hand up and you say hey I'll get in and do that as well. Proactivity also part of this and it kind of we've we've really explained that already and uh, the last part of being worth more than you paid is where and how can you pass on to others the way that you do things. You want to pass down the generations, the skills, the knowledge, the understanding, the tricks of the trade that you have. You want to be able to looking for, always looking for ways to pass those on to others. An example of this one is uh, as an IT professional, one of the things that just annoys me so much is when IT staff, they, uh, they have an issue that they're working on and support staff this is they have an issue that they're working on and uh, they send an email to the the person who has the issue asking for some more information and then they just wait and they wait and they wait and uh, two or three days later they haven't heard from the person and so they'll send another email and then they'll wait and wait and wait I get really frustrated with this and I just say look pick up the phone it's so easy Email is just such a bad form of communication when you're trying to get that kind of information. Now, I can go over and I can berate those um, other IT engineers and say, look, you just got to pick up the phone. The more I do that, the more frustrated that they'll get. But what I tend to do and um, is when I'm talking with them, they come, they'll come over to my desk perhaps and I'll be chatting with them about the problem that they're facing and they'll say, oh, look, I sent an email three days ago and I haven't received a response. Right then, as soon as I hear that every single time, I'll say, right, let's call them and I'll grab my phone, pick up the phone, I'll dial them and we'll have that conversation on speakerphone with the three of us. And the more I did that, I found that eventually those engineers would start to do the same thing themselves. They'd seen it in action. I'd taken the time to say, hey, this is what I think you should do. Um, And rather than um, criticizing them, just shown them the new way. The other thing, uh, or another example of this kind of attitude being worth more than you paid is that uh, when, when engineers would do a great job, I would make sure that their management would know about it, their team leads. I would send an email and say, you, sir, you are a champion. Uh, you have done such a great job and I'd make sure that everyone in leadership in the organization would know about that. All right, so is your value in your paycheck? Is it in the accolades that you get, the acknowledgement, the trophies that you've won, or is it in what you can do for the organization? Is it in the value that you can bring? In what way can you Add value to your organization, your team. Have a think about that. Once you finish this episode, have a think about what sort of value can you bring to the table? How can you add value before you ask for value? And once you've come up with this, I want you to take it to your accountability group and I want you to say to them, this is what I am going to do differently from this point onwards. And again, 
be ready for them to check in with you to see how you're going about that. There's a saying that I'm sure you've all heard, no one's irreplaceable. But I don't agree with that. I think great leaders, because of who they are, they prove this kind of concept to be incorrect. If you are the sort of person who is worth more than you are paid, whatever organization that you're working for is going to find it really, really hard to replace you. And I'm hoping that they will fight to keep you. And that's where we want to be. All right, so that's it for today's episode. Um, It's a little bit longer this time, um, but I I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, then please, I'd I'd love it if you would uh, uh, like it on Facebook or um, uh, give me a a rating on uh, iTunes podcasts and, uh, you know, comment, share it with your friends on whatever social media platform you you use as well. That'd be great. So for now, that's it. Um, Although if you are a person of faith, as I've said, I'm going to finish off with a couple of thoughts from a Christian perspective. Okay, so from a Christian perspective, being worth more than you are paid Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. I think that's such a great verse. I love that. Whatever you do, do it with your might, for there is no device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. You may as well, if, if you are going to do something, do it as well as you possibly can. In 2 Timothy 2.15 2.15 in the New King James Version, it says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So you present yourself as well as you possibly can to God, being a worker who does not need to be ashamed because you know that you have used the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given you to the best of your ability, that you've gone all in in whatever you're doing. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We recognize that when we're employed, we're not working for that, that, that organization. We're not working for our boss. We are actually working for God, and we are representatives of His wherever we go. In Colossians 3.23-24, it also says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So there we go. I hope that's uh, been of use to you, and I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Thanks so much for joining me, and until next time, this is A Leader's Toolkit, signing off. Bye for now.